You're listening to Leaving Toxic, the podcast where we talk about how to throw out the trash in your life, whether it be your habits, your mindset, your environment, or the people around you. I'm your host, Telly Rose. Are you ready? Let's leave toxic. Hey, welcome. Today, we are going to talk about some behaviors that I think are hot in 2023, in no particular order. These can apply to, I would say most, if not all, romantic situations, but it can also apply to other relationships. So when I say behaviors that I think are hot, it could also mean behaviors that I deem as green light behaviors, healthy behaviors. On this podcast, we talk a lot about toxic everything under the sun, right? But we need to keep in mind, and I need to keep in mind, that we are also talking about leaving toxic. And so with that in mind, we're going to talk about some things that I think are hot. And maybe it will resonate with you and get you thinking about, hey, you know what? That actually is something that I had never considered because me a few years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, definitely was not on board with these things. And I did not believe they were hot and I did not believe they were healthy. Are you ready? All right, let's dive in. Behaviors I think are hot in 2023 in no particular order. The first is, I think it's hot when someone tells me no from an authentic place. I actually really, really love it. And I've said that to my clients before, not necessarily, I think it's hot that you just told me no, but I don't say it like that. But I say that I love that you just told me no and set a boundary with me. I love that because it shows me that you can communicate your needs and you can let me know where you need to draw the line. And therefore, that means that I don't have to read between the lines. I can feel confident that you know what is best for you and that you can communicate to me what's best for you. Even if it disappoints me, when someone says no, and sometimes it does, not gonna lie. Sometimes it is disappointing because I wanted it to go the other way. But even if it is disappointing, it it lets me know that I can trust them to make decisions in their best interest and that they don't need me to fix them or save them or rescue them. Obviously, I have a part on the other end to ensure that I focus on my own care and that I don't go into fixing, saving, rescuing mode, even if someone is not setting a boundary with me. But I just have to say it's such a relief to know that I don't have to do that. And so when someone tells me no, that means that I don't have to, I don't have to look after them. I don't have to wonder what they really mean 
I know that what they're saying is their truth. And sometimes their truth means that the no doesn't work for me at all. But again, that means that that is information for me to consider so that I have everything that I need in order to decide, okay, that no means that we can't have a relationship anymore or that no means that, oh, okay, well, I can, I can adhere to that and I'm glad you told me and I can keep that in mind for the future if it's something behavioral that I can avoid doing in the future. So I love it. I love it when I'm told no, even when I'm disappointed. The next behavior that I think is hot is being left alone when I ask to be left alone. And personally, this mainly applies to romantic relationships, but it doesn't really matter. It could be intrusive family, could be friends, could be colleagues, whatever it is. But in the past, because of romantic comedies and romantic movies, I used to believe that the guy needed to make a grand gesture and if he really wanted me and loved me and cared about me then he would pursue me relentlessly you know he would he would be there when i got to the top of the escalator how many times have we seen that in romantic movies i don't know why the escalator thing is just you know that that's what comes to my mind but that to believe that not taking no for an answer or not taking your boundary is a sign of somebody truly caring about you. I can recall times where I have been truly sad in the past with dating and, you know, some serious relationships where I secretly was hoping that they were going to come chase after me and they were going to not give up. And it hurt a lot when that didn't happen. But in retrospect, I now know that that is actually, that's actually a form of love. How much worse would it have been if that person never gave up? And it would have been worse. Because if you have been listening to this podcast, and or you have been following me on social media, you already know that I have experience with domestic violence in my last relationship. And that was the epitome of never giving up. <laughs> and for a while, I did view that as romantic. I must be so valuable. I must be so worthy. I must really mean something to this person because they will not give up. They will not leave me alone, even though I keep telling them to. E even though I keep saying this relationship is not working, even though I keep saying I am not okay with your lifestyle choices. Doesn't matter what I said, there might be a tiny little break and then inevitably another pursuit. But I know now 
that the times that I had ended dating relationships and I, I asked for the relationship to end and they did leave me alone, it's because they cared about me. It hurt for a while in the beginning, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I was allowed the space to heal, to truly heal, because I wasn't continuously hearing from them over and over again. I wasn't left wondering, when is the next time I'm going to hear from this person? It was just done and I was allowed to move on. And so I love it when I'm actually left alone, when I ask to be left alone. I love that. If you have intrusive family members, then you're gonna understand what I'm saying is that it can be really overwhelming when somebody feels entitled to your energy and your time and your space. It may be uncomfortable for the other person to leave you alone, but that is what I believe part of loving is, is if you really love someone and it's about love and not attachment and not control and not fear. So if love is not attachment, love is not control, love is not fear. And I love this person and I want the best for them and I rooting and I am rooting myself in their highest good. If they are telling me that their life would improve without me in it, not necessarily in those words verbatim, but if they're telling me they need this relationship to end and they mean it and it's not a it's not a game i mean even if it is a game that's a great reason to end the relationship by the way but it's not a game is true it's really what they feel even if it's hurtful from them to say it they know that it's the right thing for them for me to not adhere to that request would be extremely unloving and i would be making it all about me I would be assigning them the task of soothing my uncomfortable feelings because I'm uncomfortable without them. So I love it when I'm left alone, when I asked to be left alone. I love it when a relationship ends and it just fucking ends. But it's a loving behavior to leave someone alone when they ask you to. The next behavior that I find hot in 2023 is a person who is capable of dealing with difficult and uncomfortable emotions in a healthy way. Mm. Delicious. It is so attractive to me to know that someone can rely on their own internal tools to deal with big feelings. Instead of drowning their sorrows in alcohol, in weed, in substances, in infidelity or flings, or whatever it is that 
a person may lean on to numb out. Instead of all of that, they cope in healthier ways, whatever that may be, which is, there's a long list of healthy ways to cope with it, with difficult emotions, which can be going for a walk, meditation, talking it out, breathing exercises, lots of things. Because of my personal experience dating someone who was not only abusive, but who was also a drug addict, it was a roller coaster because if there was something stressful that came up, either in their life or mine, I could not count on them to be able to soothe themselves to show up in a healthy way. So I would fear their response to their own life stresses and mine. That's something that I've heard before that it was a real, it was on social media. Someone said, before you settle down with someone, Observe how they, how they deal with a crisis. Before you settle down with someone, you want to know how they deal with something really tough because that's how they're going to deal with those moments in your relationship, in your marriage. Because sometimes we can end up with people who create more drama and more suffering and sorrow when things get hard and if they do that in their own lives without you being a central part of it then they're going to do it when you are a central part of it and it's going to be not just in response to their own life stresses it's going to be in response to relationship stresses it's going to be in response to your life stresses so I'll give you an example. When my grandmother passed away and I was having, it was probably a week or two after her passing last year. And because of the sudden and profound loss, I very briefly reconnected with my ex and it was a day that I was deeply, deeply in grief. I was really having, I was really struggling. And this was a day that he lied to me about his availability and where he was. I mean, it was a, it wasn't just a, a it, it was a <laughs> well-weaved, very elaborate lie. And things like that happened all the time throughout our relationship in a variety of different ways. When things that were very stressful happened in, in, for his life, he often pulled a little disappearing act and did drugs. <laughs> So, so I love it when a person can 
deal with their feelings, their uncomfortable, hard feelings can deal with a crisis in a healthy way. And I don't mean stoically. I don't mean without feelings. I don't mean without tears. None of that. I don't mean any of that. I mean that that I don't have to worry that they're going to spiral so deeply downward that I am going to have to be concerned about what they're going to do. I love it when I can have my own space for pain and tragedy in my life and know that my partner can show up as a supportive person in that relationship. And if it's something that saddens them too, then we can share the space for pain, but that they are not going to run away or self-medicate or be reactive and impulsive and reckless because they don't know how to deal with difficult situations. Someone who can deal with difficult and uncomfortable emotions in a healthy way, I know that I can relax with that person. I can exhale with them. I know that they have their own back. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, wow, I don't deal with my emotions in a healthy way. I numb out. I may turn to alcohol or substances. I might turn to a fling. That's okay. If you want a healthy relationship, you have to show up as a healthy person. And that's a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> Moving on. The next behavior that I find hot in 2023 is when I can safely be unhappy with someone and feel safe when they are unhappy with me. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Realistically, there will be times when I don't like something that was said or done and vice versa. When I know I won't be attacked for expressing my concerns, it is like an exhale for my body. When I know I won't be subjected to passive aggression, the silent treatment, or explosions of anger when they are unhappy with me, that makes my heart sing. It's really important, I believe, to, to know what someone is like in a conflict before you commit your whole self to them. And this could be a friendship as well. Before you put your trust into someone fully, get to know not on purpose, don't provoke them to make them mad, but it will happen. You will find out what they're like in a conflict. 
Maybe you'll find out because you observe what they're like in conflict with someone else. And let me tell you, if you believe that they are just impulsive and, and aggressive and short-tempered and stonewalling only with other people, you will soon find out that it applies to you too. So even if you don't observe a direct experience of conflict, because some people that are friends, they don't, they don't have fights. I mean, I have some friends that I haven't had fights with, but my closest friends, I will be honest, my closest friends, I have had conflict. <laughs> and thankfully, many have survived it, but some haven't, unfortunately. Being able to feel safe when in conflict with someone is so important. Who do you feel safe with in conflict? Who can you say no to safely? Who can you rely on to self-soothe in a healthy way when something happens in their life or in your life? Next, behaviors that I find hot in 2023. When someone chooses what they want for their life, even if that means it doesn't include me. I don't want someone to try to live in two different worlds just to keep me around. If they value something deeply that I do not want for my life, I want them to let me go. Stat. The last thing I want is to be deceived while they have their cake and eat it too, or to be resented because I'm the reason that they are not experiencing something or achieving something. That was one of the biggest challenges in my toxic relationship is that I kept saying your behavior shows me that you're unwilling to exist without weed and drugs. And I want a partner who does not partake in any of those things. And so your behavior is showing me that you are unwilling to compromise there. And so because of that, repeated pattern, I think it's me. I need to remove myself from this equation, but I would get repeated promises and words that would say, you are more important than weed and more important than drugs. But that was not the truth of the matter in terms of what was actually happening. It was a have cake and eat it too situation where I was being deceived again and again. I do not want to be an obstacle to what someone really wants. It's not for me 
to force. It's not for me to control. And this is something that we actually do as victims of abuse and uh, codependent behaviors and people-pleasing behaviors is that we pretend that we're okay with certain things or that we like certain things or certain things don't bother us when actually they very much do. And it may be very directly conflicting with our core values, but we're willing to give that up to have the person, but that never works out because we're going against the grain of who we are and what we want and it doesn't work. So I love it when someone is confident in who they are and what they want and is willing to choose that over me if going without it would cause them to deceive me or to resent me. And lastly, a person who is willing to change their mind when presented with convincing evidence. I know that there is some belief that the older you get, the, the more rooted in your belief system that you are, and somewhat that might, there might be some truth to that, but I don't know if it's about necessarily just older or aging. It's more like, in general, once you have repeated a thought, a belief forms because a belief is just a repeated thought. And so if it's been 20 years or 40 years or 60 years and you have this belief that you that has remained largely or completely unquestioned, then there's going to be a lot of resistance to changing that belief. But I find it so attractive when someone is willing to allow space for different perspectives and new information. Because I value learning. And I have changed opinions on certain things that are big things. I am politically more left-leaning, but I was not raised that way. I had to seek out and be open to different information in order to change my mind. Even though I am living in California, which is a blue state, I did not come from a household that was also blue. And so, yes, I'm sure it helped that, you know, I grew up in a ultra diverse, like I was exposed to all kinds of different people of all walks of life and sexual orientations. And, oh my gosh, the delicious, oh, it's like food. The food here is just like from everywhere around the world and I got to experience that 
and know people of every ethnicity. And so, yes, I'm sure that helped me to form, to, to get to a different opinion, but I still had the heavy influence of my upbringing, which was not that. So I could either use my upbringing to confirm what I was being told, you know, in regard in regards to what I was experiencing in the world, I could use the information that I was being told at home to confirm that in the world, or I could, with curiosity, be open to seeing things differently and to reading things and to allowing in new information. And I make this point not to be political in any way. I really don't necessarily care where you are on the political spectrum. I, I care if you actively hate people <laughs> just because of their skin color and their sexual orientation and so forth. Uh, I do care about that, <laughs> but that is not necessarily politics. That's just interpersonal um, ideologies and so forth. So it is attractive to me for a person who is willing to change their mind in the face of new information or convincing information to be open to it is attractive because aside from politics and belief systems, let's just say that this is a conflict. I'm sure that you have had situations where even when you have information that is convincing, that the other person, no matter what, might dig their heels in even deeper just to remain right. I want people around me who are willing to humble themselves when it's time to be humbled because I humble myself a lot. And I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. Recently, I have a chat going with two other friends of mine, and I was giving advice on how to commit to taking better care of yourselves because, you know, we're all women who give a lot of ourselves to our work lives and our personal lives. And I was giving all this advice about how to commit to taking better care of yourself and saying something about, I have committed to taking daily walks and I make no excuses about going and I find time no matter what. And my friend has two kids. My friend came back with an explanation about her schedule with her children. And I just felt my stomach just dropped to the floor because I thought, oh, I'm giving 
this perspective and advice from a person who doesn't have children. And I can never really fully understand. I mean, yes, I was a caregiver for 10 years and I had a schedule that I had to keep up with with them. But even then, it is not the same. It is not the same. And I, even though, I mean, I think she had every reason to give me quite an attitude about it. I mean, I probably would have <laughs> been pissed, but she was very, you know, calm and just kind of explained like, yeah, I know. And this is my schedule as a single mom. And I was so humbled. And I said it, I just said, I am so sorry that I was speaking on that as if I could possibly know what it's like for you. And I don't. I can only imagine. And so my bad <laughs> and foot in mouth. <laughs> so things like that. I am willing to be humbled and to be wrong. And I, I expect to be wrong because I don't know everything. And I like having people around me who are also willing to humble themselves and to be wrong and to embrace that. All right. Well, those are all the behaviors that I think are hot in 2023 in no particular order. Those were being told no from a place of authenticity, being left alone when I ask to be left alone, someone who is capable of dealing with difficult and uncomfortable emotions in a healthy way, when I can safely be unhappy with them and feel safe when they are unhappy with me, when someone chooses what they want for their life, even if that means it doesn't include me, and lastly, a person who is willing to change their mind when presented with convincing evidence. What did you think? Did those resonate with you? Did you disagree? That's okay too. Are any of those familiar as in you still engage in those behaviors? That's also okay. We're all on a journey. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, consider leaving a review so more people can find it. Look, I'm about solutions and I'm taking client applications until all the slots are filled. If you'd like to apply to become a client, to find out more about me and access other tools, See the show notes or visit my website at tullyrose.com. This has been Leaving Toxic. Thanks for joining me.